everybody and welcome back to another episode of, you guessed it, the Small Talk Podcast. I am Katie Fairman and in today's episode, I dare have an opinion on the internet. That's right, it is an episode all about predictions, my favourite thing. And I thought because the 2023 silly season has been pretty non-existent and all drivers are going to be pretty much the same lineups in 2024 as they have been this year, apart from Williams, which is yet to confirm who's next to album, I would have a look into the future and look at 2026. Now this season, I think, has all of the ingredients to be a very spicy season. We've got new engine regulations that are coming into effect in 26. We have Honda, they're coming back, they're going to be powering Aston Martin, Audi is going to be there, and so much more. So I thought I would record a quick podcast, but I'm going to do things a little bit differently in this episode. The first half of this podcast is going to be my somewhat serious predictions for 2026. However, in the second half, I'm going to put a fun twist on it. And that twist is one that I also want you guys to get involved in too. So keep listening to the podcast to hear what that is. But for now, get yourself a drink and let's get into today's episode. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, well, I don't really like making predictions videos, which I know is not the best start to a podcast all about predictions, but I think sometimes you have to take what this is with a pinch of salt. I am not Mystic Meg, okay? I cannot predict three years into the future exactly. Like, it's just not going to work. So some of this you might be listening to and think, Katie, there's no way that's going to happen. And you're probably right, but I thought it's only a podcast. It's just a bit of fun. And if all of these predictions end up coming true, then who knows? Maybe I should go and buy a lottery ticket in 2026, but I'm probably sure that 
but very few of these are going to come true. But like I say, it's just a bit of fun. Now for the real predictions I'm doing first, I'm going to be honoring existing contracts and I'm also going to go in current constructors championship order. So without further ado, let's start with Red Bull because they are 10,000 points in front of everybody at the moment in the F1 standings. And there'll be no surprise to say that Max Verstappen is going to be at Red Bull in 2026. He has a contract which is currently until 2028, which seems so far. 2026 seems far away. 2028 is, well, that's a long time. I can't be bothered to figure out how old I'm going to be then, but I'm going to be old. I'm going to be in my 30s and that's something I don't want to think about right now. But who have I put alongside Max Verstappen? Well, some of this is probably recency bias because it's been confirmed since we recorded the last podcast episode that he's not got a full-time seat next year. But I have gone for Liam Lawson alongside Max Verstappen. He has shown he's got all of the characteristics and potential there to make himself a really good F1 driver. And I don't know. I just feel like Red Bull maybe are going to take the gamble and maybe he'll get a seat in Alpha Tari or whatever it's called for, for 2025 and it could go from there. But I'm just going to say that I think that it's going to be a Verstappen and Lawson collab at Red Bull for 26. Next up, we have Mercedes. Now, Hamilton and Russell have both had contract extensions announced in recent weeks, taking them until the end of 2025. However, I think that we're going to see both of them extend that further. And that's solely because, especially in Lewis Hamilton's case, because a lot of people were like, is he going to retire after that? But one thing I know about racing drivers and watch this age like milk, but they are so curious. And I think that Lewis Hamilton won't be able to contain himself and he'll want to know what the 2026 regulations are going to be like, because Every team is going to be going into 2026 thinking they have cracked the code to these new engine regs. And Mercedes in the past have been so, well, look how many years they dominated F1. They created like almost these bulletproof power units and it was a real strength of theirs as these power units, these engines that they had. So I think that Mercedes could well follow that same kind of thing into 2026 and create a power unit that is really strong and really competitive. And if that's the case, then why would Lewis Hamilton not want to stick around, even if it's just for an extra year extension to see how it goes? That's my personal opinion. And I think that George Russell alongside him makes sense. I know recently in Japan, there was a little bit of argy-bargy, some elbows out, some interesting racing decisions. I'm not saying you could tell that Toto Wolf wasn't there this week. Weekend, but yeah, some of their racing, I was like, boys, come on. This is a team game. Although some people might say it's obviously all about the individual, but generally you don't want to be taking your teammate out. But I think Hamilton and Russell, they seem to be getting on well together. There seems to be a good relationship there. So I don't see why that won't continue. And if we've seen one thing from Mercedes history in Formula One, it's that they like to keep a fairly consistent driver lineup. Obviously, we had all those years where we started off with Rosberg and Schumacher when they came back into F1. And then that went with Rosberg and Hamilton. And then we went Hamilton and Bottas and now Hamilton and Russell. And I think that's another lineup that is going to like deal with the test of time. And I think that we're going to see both of them at Mercedes in 2026. Next up, we have Ferrari. And you probably won't be surprised to learn that I have put 
Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc, whatever you want to call him. This is an ongoing thing on the podcast of what you call him. But I think that he's going to be at Ferrari in 2026. He is seen as their golden boy. I know Carlos Sainz has been doing some amazing stuff recently for that team. But I think that Leclerc and Ferrari are going to be a really long partnership there. And I just can't see him going anywhere else. Once again, watch this age really badly when he does a shock signing for Haas. But I can't see him going anywhere other than Ferrari and basing his future there. But who will be alongside him? Well, I have not put Carlos Sainz alongside him. You'll have to find out later where I've popped him. But I think that Ferrari would need to replace somebody like Carlos Sainz with a driver that has got a good deal of experience. He's got some versatility, somebody who is not already locked into quite a long-term contract. And so I think Ferrari might try and take Alex Albon. This was a rumor actually that was going around a couple of months ago and both Fred Vasseur and Alex sort of said, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Like it's very flattering to for Alex. It's very flattering to be put with a Ferrari name. Obviously it's so iconic in motorsport and especially in Formula One, but you know, who knows what the future holds, but I could see that being a good partnership there. Leclerc and Albon, both members of the Twitch quartet. So they've got a lot of history together in racing championships. And I just think that it would be a good lineup, a strong, solid lineup. And from we've seen an album's career so far, he's been able to race for the likes of Red Bull. And then obviously he had his Toro Rosso time and then he's now at Williams and he's been doing some amazing things with Williams. There's no denying that. So I feel like the only way is up. And I think let's go for Ferrari, baby. Next up... We have Aston Martin. And I have said that I think Fernando Alonso is going to stare Aston Martin for the same reason of Hamilton wanting to see what's going to be different. Obviously, Aston Martin have now got this partnership with Honda, a team which Fernando has certainly had some interesting things to say about in the past when he was with McLaren in the McLaren Honda days. These things were not nice that he said, referring to it as a GP2 engine. But, you know, Time is a great healer and maybe Fernando has decided that he's going to love Honda again if they will provide him with a successful power unit package. Obviously, they've done well for Red Bull. I mean, look how successful that partnership was. So maybe he is going to stick around. Now, the thing with this is it would make him about 44 or 45, which is old for a F1 driver. Don't clip that and just make it sound like I think he's really old because 45 is not really old in the grand scheme of things. But for an F1 driver, it is unusually old. So that would be the only kind of thing. But then when you see Fernando Alonso now, the man looks younger than he did 10 years ago. I don't know what face cream he is using. I'll have to get, if I ever get a chance to interview him, I'll have to ask him because he's looking so youthful now. I don't know if it's the hair or like what his secret is, but... Um, he seems to be in great shape. He's driving as well as he ever has done. So if he can keep that up, then I see no reason as to why he could be in that seat in 2026. But now the thing that I think might ruffle a few feathers is when you do these prediction videos, I've seen comments and people are like, oh, the only seat you can definitely confirm for 2026 is Lance Stroll. I'm going to say 
that Lance Stroll's not going to be there in 2026. Some of his driving this year has been questionable. I think it's fair to say. And that's been the case now for a couple of seasons. Like, I'm not one of these people that's going to sit here and hate on Lance Stroll because I think that he has shown that he's got some really good potential locked away. Like, he's he can drive, he can race. Obviously, some of the examples that you tend to reel off to prove that Lance is good at his job was like the pole that he got in Turkey. He's had um, several podiums. I mean, I think I read that, so Oscar Piastri obviously got the podium in Japan this weekend and he became the first rookie in six years to score a podium in his debut season. The last person to do that if my calculations are correct, and please feel free to correct me if this is wrong, but I believe was Lance Stroll in 2017. So, you know, there are lots of reasons that Lance is good. Like last year in Japan, for example, he knew exactly to take the dry line that was when the track was super wet. And actually it was a similar line that Fernando took at the start of last weekend's Grand Prix. But just something about Lance makes me think that Perhaps he's going to come to a decision. Maybe he's going to have an epiphany and think F1 is fun, but maybe I've had the most fun I'm going to have. You know, he's had chances now in competitive machinery that Aston Martin is quick and we've seen what Fernando can do with it. And maybe there's going to come a point where Lance thinks, actually... Do you know what? That I'm going to just call it a day now and I'm going to go into something else. I know that there were these rumours at the start of the season that he wanted to go into professional tennis, <laughs> which were kind of like said, no, this is total rubbish. But, you know, Lance is young. He's wealthy. He's got a lot of things going for him that maybe he might just decide, I'm going to stop racing in Formula One now and I'm going to, I don't know, travel the world or I'm going to try a different sport. So that's why I've I've put that he's not going to be there in 2026. Watch this age really badly and Lance will be there till 2050 or something because he can. But that's my one one of my bold predictions for this. So who is going to go into Aston Martin in place of Lance Stroll? I have said Yuki Tsunoda. Now, it was a tussle up between Yuki Tsunoda and Iwasa, both of them being Japanese. And I thought that that could be a nice tie-in with the Honda deal that's going to be happening from that season. But I have decided to go with Yuki. He's got a lot of potential. However, it's all going to depend on whether Aston Martin can one, break Yuki out of his Red Bull links and two, if Iwasa has shown enough potential and possibility in the junior categories. I know Iwasa is also a Red Bull junior, so they would have to kind of break them out of, both of them out of a Red Bull deal. But I'm going to say Yuki, that's what I'm going to lock in for this one. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Next up, we have McLaren. And there's no surprise here that I've said Oscar Piastri and Lando Norris, mainly because Piastri has signed a deal recently that takes him until 2026. So like I said, we're honoring these contracts and he's shown so much 
potential and yeah potentials seems to be the key word for this podcast this week and Lando Norris no surprise he is seeming so at home with McLaren it does make me laugh how many creators at the start of the season and journalists and stuff like that were doing these pieces of like is Lando right to stay at McLaren and now McLaren have got competitive again these articles are not coming out, are they? So, you know, I think he's obviously stayed loyal and had a lot of faith in that team. And it's paying off because they like got a double podium this weekend. So amazing job from McLaren. Alpine, I have gone for Esteban Ockham, who's currently contracted until 2024. And then I have put down Jack Doohan. Now, same kind of thing is I wasn't sure if this would be a Victor Martin or a Jack Doohan here. I think it, either way, it should be somebody from the Alpine Junior Academy. For love of God, I hope it's somebody from the Alpine Junior Academy and we don't get another Oscar Piastri 2.0 situation here as much as the drama online would be amazing. I think that they have to promote, start promoting from their Junior Academy. Otherwise, what's the point of these Junior Academies and the Alpine Academy is like, could potentially put itself in quite a dangerous position by not promoting from within. So I'm going to say Jack Doohan as my Alpine driver of choice alongside Esty Bestie. You'll find out where I've put Pierre Gasly. I don't think that that relationship can last another three years. I mean, it seemed to be tested quite a lot in Suzuka with the fact that Pierre had to give that position back. He was not happy about that. So I don't think, although Alpine love to paint it as, you know, oh yeah, Esteban and Pierre are skipping off into the sunset together every night. They're making each other friendship bracelets. Oh, it's great. There's no drama here. I think you can't delete the history they have. You can try and smooth it over, but sometimes things come bubbling to the surface. So I'm going to say that that is going to change for 2026. Williams, I have gone for a complete change here. I think that Zach O'Sullivan, who is a young race, a very talented part of the Williams Academy, is going to get his shot there. Then joining Zach at Williams, I have gone for Valtteri Bottas. I think that he is going to return back to the Williams team. Obviously, he's got a lot of history there. And I think that could be a nice way for him to not end his career because I think that's unkind. And I don't know what these drivers are going to be like in the future. But there's the option of Audi, which is obviously currently Alfa Romeo, which is then going to be Sauber, which is then going to be Audi, nice and complicated. But I think that Audi are going to go down a different direction. So that's going to mean that Valtteri needs to find himself a new seat. And I think Williams could be a really good option for him. They seem to be on a upwards trajectory in terms of results and the car being quicker. I mean, the fact that they're not currently last in the standings is a huge, um, you know, move up for them. So I think that we could go for like a Bottas back to Williams. That would be nice. Um, and pairing with Zach O'Sullivan, who might be a rookie at that point. He might have already done a season. I don't know. I'm I'm only predicting the 2026 lineup. I'm not going to be predicting drivers' entire careers. But I think that's a nice little wholesome lineup for Williams. Haas. I have gone for Guan Yu Zhou for the same kind of reasons that I don't think he's going to be staying with the Audi side of things. And so 
maybe Haas could be a good little relationship there. Obviously, at the moment, they're using the Ferrari power units in the back of the Alpha and Haas are using the same. So maybe there could be some kind of agreement met there. But I think that Zhou Guan Yu could be a good option for Haas. And yeah, he's also somebody that's recently signed a contract extension. So he'll be there in 2024. And to partner Zhou... I have gone for Teo Porcher, who is another junior driver. He has got loads of records. I'm sure when I was doing the research for this, I it said that he was the youngest ever F2 and F3 winner. I certainly know about the F3 one because I remember watching that race. But he seems to be a bright talent and he is currently part of the Sauber Driver Academy. But... I feel like he could also, similar reason to Joe, make that move into Haas. So still two young, probably fairly inexpensive drivers. I know that Joe would have a lot of experience at that point. Probably be good for Haas to keep their, their budgets down for drivers. And then we're talking about Audi a lot. So let's chat about them now. So for Audi, I have gone for Carlos Sainz, which I mentioned this on a podcast ages ago ages ago and now it seems to be quite a popular rumor so I'm gonna start the fact that I started this rumor <laughs> obviously that's not true but there are a ton of reasons why Audi and Sainz are a good pairing obviously you have Andrea Seidel who was formerly McLaren who has now gone over to the Sauber Audi bubble um, you've also got Carlos's dad, Carlos Sainz Sr., who has done a lot of stuff with Audi in the past, whether that's the Dakar Rally or anything like that. So I just feel like that's a really good solid lineup for them. Uh, well, like a solid driver signing for them, sorry. He's a driver with a lot of adaptability. Obviously, he's done part of his career as part of the Red Bull Academy with the Toro Rosso. He's been at McLaren. He's been at Renault. He's been at Ferrari. So why not chuck another manufacturer in there and go to Audi? But who will partner Carlos Audi? This one's a really tricky one because I have... A dream situation of who I'd love to make an F1 comeback. I bet you can't guess who I'm talking about. A four-time world champion who decides to retire and then make a comeback with a German team four years later or whatever. No, it's not Michael Schumacher. I mean, I would love Sebastian Vettel to replicate what Schumacher did with leaving Ferrari, coming back to Mercedes. Like, it's, it's meant to be. It's like the t same time span, same kind of thing. Coming back with a German team that are entering F1, like, it would just be, like, poetry. But I'm going to say that... Mick Schumacher is going to line up alongside Carlos Sainz for 2026. And this one could actually be quite spicy because obviously at the moment, Mick is heavily tied with Mercedes and Mercedes and Audi have got this rivalry because they're both giants of German manufacturing. They've made little subtle digs here and there that this is Audi when they came into F1 and they did this presentation. I remember them making a dig to be like, oh, well, we're going to make everything in Germany because we actually like, like our German heritage and all that kind of stuff. Digging at Mercedes, who obviously have a lot of their team and staff in Brackley and things like that. So yeah, I think that could be quite spicy. But I'm going to say Sainz and Schumacher pairing for Audi. I think Audi will want to get a big German name. Um, and although you've got somebody like Nico Hülkenberg, who's currently on the grid, I don't think that's going to do it. I think they'd rather gamble and have a Schumacher 
than Hulkenberg, as much as I love you, Nico, but I'm going with Schumacher. And then finally, we have Alpha Tauri, or there seems to be this suggestion that Hugo Boss is going to, they're going to be called Hugo Boss something, which if that's the case, I think they'll call it, rather than Hugo Boss, I think they'll just go for Boss because that seems to be quite heavy branding that they have a lot. I see it a lot. You see it a lot in Formula E. Um, when they sponsor the Aston Martin F1 team, for example, a lot of the stuff would just read Boss rather than Hugo Boss. But in looking up Boss Racing, which is what my prediction would be for, there's an extra prediction for you, what I think the team would be called. There seems to be quite a lot of people that have like use the term boss racing. Um, and if you have followed, if you know, there's a British comedian called Joe Lysett and he did a whole program on uh, ceased and desists that Hugo Boss was sending out to people that dared to use the word boss in their branding. And so I'm surprised that some of these other companies that are called like boss racing that exist already. And one of them uses like the same font that Hugo Boss does, but I don't think it's got any relation. I'm surprised they've not been sent cease and desist yet because that seems to be a popular trend for Hugo Boss. But anyway, we're getting off the point. My final predictions, and this is one that I'm really unsure about, but I have gone for Pierre Gasly. I think that, like I said, his time in paradise with Esteban Ocon at Alpine can only last so long. And he knows Alpha Tauri. He knows that team. He knows the mechanics, the engineers, the team personnel. Like it's a familiar, comfortable place for him. So I think that he might make a return to Alpha Tauri. And then who's going to partner him is the next big question. Well, this is really difficult because if Felipe Dragovic does end up getting that Williams seat, which is heavily suggested, then I think potentially somebody like a Felipe Dragovic could be a good shout. He has got, he's Brazilian, but he does have, have some Italian heritage. So there could be a nice tie in there. But um, yeah, that would be my prediction. Or somebody like Dennis Hauger, who is part of the Red Bull Academy um, and has got a lot of talent won a lot of things in his junior career would be good for Red Bull to keep promoting from that junior pool I think so I can't decide I'm gonna go with Djokovic but that all depends on if he manages to get a lucky break and get an F1 seat at some point in the next year or so but yes that does mean that we're missing quite a lot of big names but 2026 is three years away and a lot can change in that time. You'll notice that there's no Daniel Ricciardo on here, which breaks my heart. It was not an easy decision to make, besties. But yeah, we lost Stroll. We lost both of the Haas guys. No Hulkenberg, no Magnussen. And the biggest one is there's no Sergio Perez, which is the thing that has been, was the one that was a really difficult one to decide because I thought that would cause quite a lot of controversy. But I, I don't know. My reasoning for that is that I think his time at Red Bull is limited, especially after the performance that he put in this weekend. It was pretty bad, wasn't it? So I think for that reason, he might stay out until the end of 2024, which is when his contract is. But then after that, I don't really know where he would fit. A lot of seats have maybe been signed for longer or there are drivers that have got like a good relationship with their current team that I can't see them making a gamble bringing 
bringing in Perez when they already have like a good lineup. Yeah, he's recently done his 250th Grand Prix as well. And he's been in F1 for a very long time. And I think this is also something that people tend to forget when it came to Ricardo. is let's actually, let's see, I guess if he's done 250 starts, he must have done most of those consecutively. Let's have a look how many consecutive starts he's made. Yeah, so he's entered 255 races, had 251 starts. That's a lot. And that amount of time, so he made his debut in 2011 at the Australian Grand Prix. That is a long time to be traveling like so consistently and being away from your family. Like he has a young family now to be like giving it your all to be an F1 driver. You have to be quite selfish with your time and your priorities. And I think that that can wear you down a lot. Wasn't something that was really discussed as a potential option for when Daniel Ricciardo, you know, kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of last year. Maybe the guy was just freaking knackered from doing all of these races year after year, all this time away from home. So I have the feeling that maybe Perez, he's already had it once where it looked like his career could come to a stop. And then obviously he got this lifeline from Red Bull. And for the majority of it, I think he's done a fantastic job at Red Bull. But for me, I just have this feeling that he's going to go, do you know what? I've had a really nice time. I know he's still so young, which is the other scary thing. He's only 33. And no offense, Checo, but sometimes I forget you're only 33 and I think you're a bit older. Like if I was to guess how old Sergio Perez is, I would say probably about 36, 37. And I don't mean this in an offensive way, but from just spending all this time in F1, maybe Checo is going to say, I've had my fun. Nothing's going to get better than having a car that's as dominant as the Red Bull. Maybe it's my time to go. But anyway, I haven't even got on to the second part of the podcast yet, guys. This is a chunky podcast. Make sure you tune in after this quick break to find out what this fun 2026 predictions that I've got planned are. And I'll see you after this quick ad break. The fun 2026 predictions, as I've been teasing you with, is that, and I want you guys to get involved in this as well. I want you to tag me at Katie Fairman or at Small Talk Podcast on whatever platform you're using, whether that's Instagram, whether that's Twitter, and tell me your ones. But I'm going to try and now predict the 2026 grid, except contracts, existing contracts are out the window and nobody can be in the same team as they are now. So Max Verstappen at Red Bull, yeah, he might have a contract to 2028, but in this round of predictions, and like I said, this is just fun. Obviously these are not going to be genuine predictions because this rule, like these rules just don't work in the real world. I just thought it would be a bit, something a bit different, a bit fun. Um, so yeah, Max Verstappen won't be at Red Bull. That's a spoiler for you. So let's start with Red Bull. And like I said, this is just a bit of fun guys. Don't take this too seriously. But for Red Bull, I have gone for Alex Alban and Oscar Piastri. I think Red Bull would be silly not to sign Piastri with the level of talent that he's shown recently. And also, I feel like he'd just be a good fit in that team. Obviously, his manager is Mark Webber. Mark Webber had his links with 
Red Bull and although some of them, obviously Multi 21 for Mark Webber wasn't the best memory, he still has a lot of happy memories at Red Bull, um, a lot of close connections. And so I feel like Oscar would be a good fit there. Same for Alex Alban. Obviously, he is aware of Red Bull's ecosystem. He's been there before. Yes, he got a little bit, I guess, burnt by his time there, getting dropped in such harsh fashions. But I feel like bringing him back would be just a solid shout from Red Bull. I feel like that's a really good driver lineup. Next up, we have Mercedes. Now, obviously, no Lewis Hamilton, no George Russell. So who else are we going to put in that team? I have gone for Lando Norris. I feel like that is another solid shout. And Esteban Ocon. And I know a lot of people might be like, Esteban, what's Esteban done to get a seat at Mercedes? Well, he does have a lot of existing connections with Mercedes. Toto Wolff was his manager for a long time. When he had that season out of F1, he was working very closely with Mercedes. And that's a seat that I feel like he would be comfortable in I think he would definitely have to drop to be the number two driver in that team because I think Lando is has got more talent in that kind of duo but I can see that being a good move obviously for Esteban to go to Mercedes and like I say he'll be he've I think he'd feel at home there he wouldn't feel too much like an imposter next up we have Ferrari so no Charles Leclerc instead We're going to go bold here, guys. And I'm going to predict Ferrari will have Lewis Hamilton. I mean, imagine how cool that would be. There were rumors about it earlier this year, but I think that Lewis is too committed to Mercedes. Like if you listen to any interview where he talks about that team, it's clear that they've gone through so much together in terms of both of his successes and victories and all that kind of stuff. But also the times which are tougher, whether that's their recent dip in form or the fact that he said that he spoke with Mercedes and their sponsors when obviously all the Black Lives Matter issues were going along and they came to the agreement that they would paint the car black, for example, or some of the sponsors worked with Mercedes in terms of helping increase their diversity programs. And he's just got such um, a key position within Mercedes and has so much influence in there that I can't see him going anywhere else for the rest of his F1 career. However, in this section of the podcast, the rules are ripped up so he can go wherever and he can do whatever. So with that in mind, I've put him at Ferrari because everybody always says that they dream of driving for Ferrari. It's so special. It's so iconic. And I would love to see Lewis there because I think it would be fascinating. And alongside Lewis, I've actually gone for a change up. He wasn't included in my serious, in quote marks, predictions, but I'm going to bring him in here and I'm going to say Daniel Ricciardo at Ferrari. I really want that to happen, not only for his Italian heritage, but I just think that would be a good a good move. I remember back in 20... Now, come on, brain. When would this have been? In 2020, in the pandemic, when it was announced that Ricardo was going to McLaren and Science was going to Ferrari, I was a bit miffed because I thought, Daniel Ricardo, you have thrown away a chance to drive for Ferrari there. You cannot tell me that conversation was not being had. That was not on the table for you. Surely that must have been. And... For so many reasons, like I said, I thought that would be a really good match. And perhaps it would have been better than McLaren. Who knows? 
time is a, you know, what, what's the thing? Perspective or no, what's the saying? Hindsight is a wonderful thing. There we go. It's a long podcast. This is going on longer than I expected. But anyway, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But I think Ricardo and Hamilton at Ferrari could be a banger lineup. But this is only in my little dream world. So there we go. Aston Martin, I've kept Yuki Sonoda there because I think that Japanese link is a good one. But I've put Charles Leclerc there instead. Don't ask me why. It's just vibes. I feel like the top other teams, I kind of already put people there. So I'm going to put Leclerc in with Aston Martin, like I said. I don't know why, but I just feel like it would work. Same thing like Lance Stroll. Obviously, if he can't be Aston Martin, he's not going to be anywhere else. So he's gone. Um, and as for Fernando, you'll have to wait and see. At McLaren, I have gone for George Russell. And then the next one is a bit of a controversial one. And even now, when I'm about to read this out, I don't know if it's true. I mean, it doesn't matter because this is literally never going to happen. But in my mind, I'm not sure. I've said Max Verstappen for McLaren. And when I was talking this through with my brother, I said, do you think this would be possible? And he was like, well, yeah, it could be. But it would all depend on whether Max wanted to stay loyal to the Red Bull guys. And he spent his entire F1 career within a Red Bull associated car. Would he want to continue that? Don't know. It depends how much he really wants to get the records. If he's still winning championships in 2025 and 2026, he thinks he can win another championship with McLaren. Perhaps he will take it because he wants to get to the seven. He wants to get to eight. He might say he doesn't care about the records, but if you are in such a dominant position and you can then join another team and continue that dominance, if McLaren are going to keep getting stronger and stronger, then do you think he would take it? Let me know. But I'm unsure about this one. It would be like a case of Red Bull loyalty and allegiance, whatever the word is, versus winning the titles. What do you think would matter more to Max Verstappen in this imaginary world that we're making up? Now, Alpine, I told this one to my brother and he laughed in my face, but I just think it would be really funny. I have said Alpine, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> And I know this man has been traumatized several times in the past, but sometimes I feel with these drivers, there's always that little bit of hope in the back of their brains that thinks maybe this time will be different. And we know Fernando Alonso, apart from Aston Martin, is the king of terrible career moves that maybe, just maybe, there's a part of him that thinks I can change them again and he'll go for Alpine once more and it will maybe this time it will work I put that there as a bit of a jokey one but who knows I can also kind of see him doing that which is kind of tragic but anyway Fernando don't take career advice from me and then alongside him I've said Mick Schumacher I don't know why I keep putting Mick back in these positions but he obviously Mick's got the close links with Esteban Ocon so maybe Esteban can put in a good word for him at that team um he's maybe talking about doing some WEC stuff with Alpine so kind of makes sense maybe Williams I've actually gone for exactly the same lineup as I have in my serious one with Zach O'Sullivan and Valtteri Bottas because none of them have got existing drives with other teams and then Haas I've when I did this one because I came up with this idea first before I thought actually Kate you should probably do some serious ones as well I put 
Teo poor chair. And then I put Logan Sargent. But because of the America link with him being an American driver, an American team, it would be like a PR dream. But based on his recent run of performances, I don't think that's going to happen. So I put Guan Yu Zhou. But anyway, I'll keep Logan Sargent for the all-American dream. But I don't think that Logan is going to have a very long future in F1 if he keeps driving like he's doing, which is frustrating because he actually had a pretty decent first half of the season. But it's just like maybe he's panicking because he knows his career is on the line and he's making these silly mistakes, which is very frustrating because I want them all to do well. But um, Logan seems to be caving under the pressure quite a lot. At Audi, I've gone for Carlos Sainz because that one was quite easy. And then I've put Vettel in this one because this is my little dream world. And we've already put Mika Alpine. So Sebastian Vettel is making a comeback in my dream little bubble. And then finally, for Alpha Towery, I have said similar kind of thing. Pierre Gasly and Dennis Hauger I've put for this one. So even in this little crazy, stupid world that I've made up, I've managed to sack off the likes of Stroll, Perez, both Hulkenberg and Magnussen. And there's probably more that I've not even realized that I've lost, which is really bad, isn't it? Yeah, that was my strange 2026 predictions. But this is the thing. I think this could be quite an interesting concept. Obviously, like I said, a million times over, it's just a bit of fun. But I want you guys to tweet me because I don't know how Instagram would really work. Tweet me at Katie Fairman or at Small Talk Podcast and tell me what your lineup would be if no driver could stay in the same team that they are now. So it would mean a complete shakeup of the grid. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like while we're in this break between Japan and Qatar, give it a try. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's just a bit of fun. Fun, do you remember that? Sometimes I feel like people on F1 Twitter don't remember what fun is, but anyway. Okay, well, that was a very chaotic, weird podcast, but I'm glad that you have stuck it out with me and you are here for the final bit. Now, before I sign off from this podcast, I also just want to shout out Jessica Hawkins, who recently completed a test run at the Hungoring in an Aston Martin. It was the AMR 21, so the 2021 car. And she has become the first woman in five years to drive a recent piece of F1 machinery and I just feel like that's worth a shout out because it's a nice, happy story to end on. Nice bit of um, good PR for women in motorsport. And so that's going to be my final thought, if you will. Don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating if you are enjoying it. If you want to see more podcasts like this, more predictions, let me know. Um, I'm also hopefully going to start doing some Q&As. So keep your eyes peeled on Instagram for that. Links to all of this will be in the description. But for now, thank you for listening. And I will be back again soon with another episode. Take care. Have a lovely rest of your week. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.